0: This is our first session on Colossians 1, 21 to 23. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in mind, doing evil deeds, he, God, has now reconciled in his Christ's body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith founded and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, the one proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Father, guide us by your good hand and the light shining on the path in front of us now at this text, so that you illumine our hearts and bring them into conformity to this truth, I pray through Christ. Amen. He's returning with, and you here, to the personal address to the Colossians because he had stopped doing that back at verse 15. Remember in 13 to 14, he said, He has delivered us, you you and me, from the authority of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we, we, you you and I, Have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, and then starting at verse 15, he launches into this exaltation of Jesus Christ with no personal reference whatsoever to the Colossians or to us. He's the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation. He holds all things together. He created everything, they were created for him. He's the firstborn from the dead, he's preeminent in all things. The fullness of God dwells in him. He he reconciles all things in heaven and on earth. So there's no personal reference here. This is a magnificent exaltation of Jesus Christ in order to show how firm this transfer is here and this deliverance is here. He has delivered us from the authority of darkness. He has transferred us into the kingdom. And who is this son? It is that glorious Christ we just saw. And I think when I say to solidify that transfer, that deliverance, I think the same thing is here in our text. If indeed you continue in the faith founded and steadfast, I think Paul is returning now to address them personally after verses 15 to 20 and trying his best now to help them be. Founded and steadfast in their faith so that they don't make shipwreck of it and depart from the hope of the gospel. And he does it now by getting very personal again. So he had just said that God reconciles all things in heaven and on earth. And now he's going to get personal and say, and you. He has now reconciled. But what I want to focus on here is
1: this. And you,
0: now, how would you go about founding someone and making them steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel, firm and confident that they've been reconciled to God by? The death of Jesus, and that they're going to be standing blameless before God. How would you go about that? And isn't it amazing that the first thing Paul does is tell them how awful their situation was? And you, who once were
1: alienated, once you were enemies in mind, once
0: you were doing evil deeds, that's the you that he reconciled. Now, before I make a comment on these three terrible things that he says about them, let me just underline for you that Paul does this for the Ephesians as well as the Colossians. Remember in Ephesians 2, 1-5, and you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom you all once lived, in the passions of your flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. So, same thing about the mind here and carrying them out in deeds, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So, Paul belabors their horrible condition before this happens. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive. And he's not done making sure that they feel what they once were, because just a few verses later in chapter 2, verses 12 to 13, he says, remember, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated, from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. That's a pretty horrible track record. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So twice in Ephesians, Paul labors to tell them how hopeless their condition was. And here he does it more briefly, but the same principle. And so what, what's the point? What, what would you infer from this strategy of, of helping us be founded, helping us be steadfast, helping us not shift? And here's, here's what I would say. You know, many of us grew up in Christian homes and we don't look back on a long period of rebellion in our lives. I don't. But this is a service to me, because what Ephesians 2, 1-5 and what Ephesians 2, 12-13 tell me is, look, John Piper, even though you were saved at a young age, unless you read your Bible, in particular, read texts like this, once alienated, once enemies in mind, once doing evil deeds, unless you know that was your nature, you will never appreciate what it means to be reconciled to God by the death of Jesus. You won't. And so I think we have to teach ourselves, those of us who are Christians and our churches, what we were. You know, if, if you depend on people's experience and memory to inform them theologically what their condition was, they will never know what their condition was. They think doing some bad thing, even if they were murderers and thieves and drug addicts, that doesn't tell them what they were. They were alienated from God. Their minds were hostile to God. Their deeds were evil towards God. We have to learn our former condition from the Bible. That's my point, and oh, how I need to be reminded of what I would be without grace and what I was even as a young child before God's grace did this. So let's just take them one at a time and make sure we know who we were. We were
1: alienated. We were enemies in mind we were doing evil deeds. We were alienated. Why were we alienated from God?
0: It's a truism among Jewish people and Christians who learn their Bibles. Your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. God is holy. We are sinners, and therefore there's separation And this is an objective reality,
1: alienated from God. Second,
0: enemies in mind. Our minds, before we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, our minds were by nature hostile to God. Here's a very powerful exposition of that in Romans 8. The mind of the flesh, and that means the mind of all of us, apart from the Holy Spirit's grace in our lives transforming us, the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the Spirit, when the Spirit comes into our lives and transforms our mind, Is life and peace, for the mind of the flesh is hostile to God. Now, what does that mean, hostile to God? It means this because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We are by nature insubordinate people, unsubmissive. We hate it. When anybody tells us what to be or to do, this is the mark, especially of our modern time, where we have elevated our independence from God to the point where we can make ourselves anything we want to be. If we were born a woman, we can make ourselves a man. If we were born a man, we could make ourselves a woman. We can turn marriage into anything we want. Between a man and a woman, between a dog and a man, we are insubordinate people rebelling against God. We want to be God. We want to call our own shots. We don't like God having a way for us to live. That was our condition before we were reconciled by the body of Christ's flesh. And thirdly, that mindset. And that alienation overflowed in evil deeds as the result. Now we're in a position to be thrilled at what God has done for us. You, this you, and this you, and this you, he has reconciled. And how do we enjoy that? And where does it take us is what we look at next time.